They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. This is my third outing with today's guest, who I'll let reintroduce himself to the world soon. But really quickly, some standard... Uh, housekeeping here on the show by $15 or more patrons, Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell, Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike, the gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, and Mark price. Thank you so much for allowing me to keep doing this. And for my newest patrons, they are Jeremy, Seth Decker, and Trayvon Mack. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, I do this for free. Um, I won't stop doing it. I hope, but you know, the extra, um, Financial help um, always makes it easier. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by the Cinema Spection podcast. That's run by my friends Tim and Corinne Luz. They do deep dive film analysis. Um, I've been on their show a bunch of times. I think of the first like 16 episodes, me and my wife might have been on 12 of them. Um, it's the first time I've ever done podcasting and kind of why I love it so much. And uh, Go and check them out because they're great people and they do great stuff. Um, without further ado, today's guest um, is coming back on for the third time. Mark, I'll let you introduce yourself and then explain people what I we're doing on the show today because it's a little bit different. So go for it. Hey, guys. Um, so, yeah, I'm Mark Adosh. I've been on here twice already. I'm kind of the resident go-to for music, except for ska music. I'll give that to your uh, to your documentary friend. Um, but, Taylor, yes. <laughs> though, though I do, though I do enjoy it thoroughly. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, Chris, you came up with this idea. Um, you had, you were listening to an album that you were like, man, I would, I'd love to go into more depth on this. And so you threw out the suggestion of we suggest one album each to uh, review and discuss. And um, and I thought that was a great idea. So uh, so we'll just go ahead and jump into it. And I'm kind of thinking we start with yours, the idea that uh, started this whole thing off. Um, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll go for it. So my pick and, you know, I'm ready for the arrows to get shot at me um, from <laughs> from from the Internet because because they got shot at me when this album first came out. Um, but way back in the year 2000, um, was the one of the first concerts I'd ever been to was the Vans Warp Tour in the year 2000 at Suffolk Downs. And um, the crazy thing about this show is that the headliner was Green Day. And you might think back on that from today and go, whoa, Green Day headlining a tiny little festival show. Well, it was even crazier because they had just gone from Dookie to Insomniac to, um, oh man, <laughs> I'm going to show up Nimrod. Nimrod. And Insomniac and Nimrod had some huge hits on them, but they were beginning to be criticized for, you know, kind of falling into more of an alternative rock and less of like the the punchy, punky, like um, melodic sound that they had had when they started with Kerplunk and Dookie. And so around the time of this concert, people had not really thought about how big they were going to be like this wasn't like, you know, um, the mid nineties when, you know, you put them on something and the place would get trashed and the crowd would go nuts. So green day shows up to do their like 45 minute set to headline the warp tour. And the concert has to shut off because <laughs> they're it, it, looking back on it at like 16 years old and turning and looking at the festival grounds of Suffolk downs. It looked like pictures you'd see 
on a smaller scale, of course, but you'd see from like Woodstock, there were just people as far as the eyes could see, just oh, crowding yeah. to see Green <laughs> Day play. And I don't think they anticipated this. They anticipated it to be a big draw. They were the headliner, but <laughs> they played, you can look back on the set, but it is hit after hit after hit. And they played them fast. And they played them loud. And, you know, Billy Joe got out into the crowd and moshed with everybody. They had people come up on stage to play instruments like they always did. And they piled their instruments up at the end of the set and torched them like they always used to do. It was insane. (laughs) And um, like a week later, uh, Minority dropped on the radio. And it was amazing to see, because this album only came out a couple months later, but it was amazing to see, one, how much I loved that song. And two, how quickly people turned on them even harder, even though this album, Warning, (laughs) which we're about to talk about, sounded so much more like the Green Day that I knew before Dookie even came out. You you can pull many of the um, 12 songs on this album, and they sound like they could have been lifted straight off of Kerplunk. Yeah. You know, they're much, much more stripped down, acoustic guitar sound, kind of punchy, almost like Irish folk, like kind of sound to some of the songs. And um, so I, I was listening to it. it. It popped up on um, on YouTube when I was going through some stuff. And I was like, you know what? I've never really talked to anyone about warning. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone really do that much talking about warning. And I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say this is probably one of their best albums. It's very different than what everybody thinks of Green Day as being. But overall, it's just a fantastic listen. And so... um. That's my background with the album. And before I go into, um, I decided we'd each pick five. Was it five or four? Uh, four. Uh, four favorite songs off each album. Oh, I could throw on. I could throw on five if you needed me to. No, I, I picked. I picked four. <laughs> I, I just figured, you know. So uh, before I go into mine, um, you know, Mark, what's your background with this album? Um, had- honestly, not too much. Um, I uh, mainly, I mean, I knew about Green Day. Um, you know, through Dookie and like all those big hits. Uh, but my expo, my big exposure was, um, you know, near the end of uh, middle school of uh, the release of American Idiot. Um, oh, because yeah. that, that blew up, obviously, you know, like that changed the whole uh, aspect of Green Day because I think that was the next thing after Warning. And it really it was, it reset everything because suddenly everyone's like, Green Day's amazing. This is incredible. Listen to all this. And um, uh, so that that was my main experience with Green Day. And Warning is probably my, uh, I mean, aside from like the, probably the first two, like the the first two albums, like Kerplunk and all those, like are, this one's probably one of my least listened to. So I found it kind of interesting to go to this, to give a, to to give me a different taste of things. so yeah, that's pretty much my experience with warning. Like I, I knew, I knew minority, I knew warning, I knew waiting and that was pretty much it. So. Exactly. And it's cool to go back. What I really was interested in is going back and listening to this after American idiot and 21st century breakdown. And then they're right. kind of, you know, Oh, you know, we don't really know who we are anymore. They went and released those three actually quite good albums that they were like trying out in like local clubs and wouldn't even tell people it was them. And then even, um, uh, the new, the newer, um, uh, revolution radio, which I think is a great, just like rock punk rock album. You know, it's not like there's nothing like American idiot level great on it, but it's just a really good loud. I bet it's great played live kind of an album. Definitely Um, feels going back to their roots kind of. Right. 
And then their newest stuff where they sound like the hives, which completely <laughs> breaks my brain. Like it, it, it's, it's they're they're going for a very like old fashioned sound, but yeah. it doesn't sound like green day. And I give them credit for that. They're like trying something very different. It's all like very falsetto singing and like, I don't know if you've heard any of it, but it's a it's bonkers. So. I, I have not yet, but I like I mean, Green Day has proven time and time again that they are fine with changing up their sound. They just want to write music like yeah. I, I mean, Billy has said he's like, I don't consider us a punk band, really. Like we just make different music. And that's uh, that's kind of the whole goal. goal. So, and, um, and you I know, good on I, them for trying something different. Right. And I think warning is a good testament to that. And I, I think um, it may be dropped at the wrong time. I, I don't know, because it's usually the sophomore slump people talk about. Right. But insomniac was huge. I, so, um, I mean, it could be I, I think it's just you kind of especially in like the, the 90s into the 2000s, you had this punk scene that was kind of get getting done with itself like i think of the whole like jawbreaker thing when like i heard when they got signed to a major label and people would sit down on the ground and turn away from the stage when people would when yep. they play their new songs and i just think of that with green day it was the, the same kind of concepts like you had dookie where they quote unquote sold out and then the the more stuff kept coming out the more people are like oh listen to this this pop band this radio band like and um and it just it kind of set that off but Obviously, that didn't def deter them very much because they went on to continue being successful. Right. As a quick aside, I remember American Idiot is one of the last albums I've bought that I bought with only hearing the radio song from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Because now you hear everything, right? Bands want you yeah. to. It's like, look, you can you can hear all our stuff. Please buy it. You know yep. what I mean? Um, but I bought American Idiot and it was it, it was such a joy because the same way that this album was so different, American Idiot was also so different. I mean, they were writing nine and a half minute long concept punk songs. Yep. You know what I mean? On this, and it's like, what is happening here? And and, and so with that, I, I just, you know, I wanted to pick this to remind people of, you know, one of the first times Green Day completely changed their sound. Um, yep. Even though it was more of a return to form, in my opinion. So, um, you know, there's 12 songs on here. Um, I'm going to pick my four and you'll talk about your four. And then if there's any other standouts after that, we want to talk about because um, sure. there are some there are some weak songs on this album. They're, yeah. they're filler songs, I'd say. But the first one that really caught me was song two, blood, sex and booze. Yeah, um, it's just a it's an oddly dark but fun song. And there's a song on Kerplunk called Dominated Love Slave, which is played like a country western, like, um, you know, like just shit kicking kind of song yeah. where it, it's it's really tongue in cheek. And this feels like a darker, more mature callback to that. And yeah. it's just a really good song. Um, yeah, and, I, I and actually I put. I actually put this as one of my picks as well. So oh, cool. um, and to me, it kind of made me think of like it, it kind of felt like a taste of what they were going to eventually become. Like it felt like there was like storytelling and there was, there was character behind the song, which, um, which I, I really liked with it. Um, you know, it, 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 it gave me that, like, it's like a proto American idiot kind of sound to me. So I, right. I really like that one too. Um, exactly. and honestly, this whole album, as, as you said, like there's, there's a lot of different elements to it. And to me, it like, what really made me think, like when I listened to this, I'm like, 
all I could think is against me because it's got that folky undertone yes. to it, and like the want to tell tell a story to convey an image, not just not just yell about something. So that I, I that's one thing that I thought stood out to me with this album as a whole. You you hit the nail on the head. It sound it sounds. And it doesn't sound like Green Day trying to do against me or against me was no. trying to replicate this. They both are just lifted from the same um, inspiration. Yep. Agreed. Um, so my, my next song was Fashion Victim. And I I hated this song when I was younger and first <laughs> the album. And I don't know why. I think it's, it's something to do with Billy Joe's voice in this song. But yeah. going back and listening to it now, I just, I keep focusing back on it because it's, it it's a it's just everything about it is so punchy yeah and really playful with the lyrics um and it just everything that like this album showcases that they're actually good stripped down musicians which mm-hmm. a lot of american idiot did too you know yeah. but they're playing three chord rock but they're playing it in a very effective way i mean there's only now they have a fourth member, the guy from Gob, the, the guitarist. Yeah. But on this album, this is just three guys. Right. <laughs> and it, it's amazing. It kind of reminds me when, you know, you hear like Jack White, you know, screw around and go, I'm going to play the lead guitar and bass at the same time. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, OK, you're out of your mind. <laughs> sure. Um, you you do that. But uh, yeah, so, so that's I don't know what, if you have thoughts on that song, but I just I've always enjoyed it. That actually would have been like my uh, fifth pick for a song. I just I thought it was just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and it it kind of it it, it kind of made me think of just kind of you know I think fashion victim. I think of people like spending their money to to fit into the the punk scene and and like like people dressing up with things and that that was just kind of my interpretation of it. But um, but I did like that one. And did you say that they have their their other guitarist is from gob yeah the, the current iteration of the band or at least american idiot live when they play that live and then the recording of 21st century breakdown and then those other three i forget the guy's name but he's the he, he was either the rhythm guitarist i think he's the rhythm guitarist from gob okay well uh, i'm sure i want to i want to check this because i I'll, i do know that uh guitarist from gob is also in some 41 which yeah now now he, yes that because he took the place of um, of their like crazy metal um, guitarist yeah. that they used to have. <laughs> Who's now back? So oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. So they're they're the only the only one that's missing from the original Sum Forty One is the drummer, which is sad. Apparently, he's a real estate agent now. Good for him. <laughs> Some Sum Forty One played the same concert. Oh, that's perfect. That's so perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I like that song too. Um, let's see. I'm trying to. Th- uh, I want to see which ones we've got here, if we have other matching up. So um, do we have – hold on. I'm, I'm. We do. I think we I'm, both matched mis- up with Misery. Misery's next. Yes. All right. So, yeah, we, why don't we go on to that? So um, we both picked uh, Misery, which is track six, which um, just just purely for how – weird it sounds i loved it uh it's very reminiscent of like gogol bordello to me like yeah. it's got that that eastern european kind of romp to it i don't i don't even know how to describe it um but just a bunch of bunch of storytelling again and i thought it really worked <laughs> yeah it, it it in my opinion is the best song on this album and 
I would sh- I would play this for people when they said, oh, mourning is just it, it's soulless and it means nothing. And the music is just lame. And I go, listen to this song. Right. How can you say that this song is not like an inspired like it, it's, it's just so different? Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, like Gogo Bordello and other bands, this is the kind of song you'd hear, you know, in like a, a commercial or like a like an old black and white footage of, I don't know awful things happening in an Eastern European city during world war two. Right. That's just that, yep. that like really sad. Um, this would be a great song to play during like a Bioshock game, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, hear, just that. Hear blasting through like a, through an old gramophone somewhere. Just like, right. Get the, okay. Whatever. <laughs> and then, and then even though it was one of the big hits, um, waiting is just such a Holy green day song. They're, they're lighter, more, um, more, um, like meaningful, like they're trying to like tug the heartstrings kind of songs yeah. that they Wait. do. This is just so classic them. Oh yeah. Waiting, waiting was another one of my picks as well. And it, 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 it just feels, well, first off, I totally forgot this was on the album. And so when I got to it, I was like, Oh, I do know one more. That's great. Um, but it, I mean, it's just, it's catchy as hell. It makes me think of like Weezer where it's just like, just real straightforward, like just we're we're just gonna stick this in your ear, and you're never getting rid of it. Um, <laughs> right, I, and I'm su- I'm surprised, um, even though I'm glad that they uh, that they led this album with Minority be- because it's I and mean, that was one of your picks. I'll let you talk about it, but yeah. I'm surprised Waiting wasn't one of the first because they did Minority Warning and then Waiting were like the releases off of this. Yeah, and I Waiting seems like one they should have led with. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, warning that like I always pit, like had warning as kind of like yeah, that's that's fine. Um, but listening to it a little little more in depth, I'm like, the song's actually a little boring. Like it is. It, it sets the tone for the album real it well. It does. It does. But if it came later in the album, it would be weightless. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, but. So, uh, yeah, my fourth pick was Minority, although I do want to give a uh, quick shout to Deadbeat Holiday. Oh, and it's I'm, such a good song. I'm, I'm like, why has why didn't this have like the, the fairy tale of New York kind of appeal where like this becomes like the new like punk rock? This is this is what we sing at Christmas. Like, because I, I, I thought it was it was wonderfully bleak, but also just a really great sound. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a vacant, there's a vacant sign that's hanging high, on the yeah. news, like a noose over your home. Right, and that song is dark. <laughs> it really, it really is. But uh, <laughs> but I did enjoy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll, I'll wrap on a uh, uh, minority. Um, I that I mean, this was my go-to song. This is the one that's on my current rotation of music. So oh, this it's one a fantastic I knew song, and it's so much fun. I mean, just that. That 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 chugging of the acoustic guitar that you can hear it, and just that that fun little that fun little picking of the guitar that you hear in the beginning, it works so well. And it, it to me, it felt like um, you know I don't know what their what their background was for writing it, but uh, all I can think is a, a quote from Pendulette where he says like when he was a kid, all he wanted to be was a gay Jew from New York, and it's like yeah, when you're like the the just the suburban raised white person and you're kind of like uh yeah i i guess i don't really have much to be mad about and uh so i i guess i'm just gonna feel angsty because i feel like it <laughs> right a- angsty by 
by association or by yeah. need. Right. I don't really have to complain about anything, although I feel a need to. No, that's and and again, when minority came on the radio, um, which is a weird concept for some people listening to this, I'm sure. But when minority <laughs> came on the radio, um, I, being from Boston, you know, we we got very heavy play of oh, yeah. the Dropkick Murphys, and the Dropkick Murphys had just changed lead singers. Yeah, because there's two guys, but they brought a new lead, like main guy, and right. he's the current. I mean, you can't hear other the Dropkick Murphys. No, I mean the other guy went to the Street Dogs, and yes, he, and they're great too. <laughs> I love Street Dogs. That was one of like I think that was the second show I ever went to was uh, Street Dogs opening up for um, uh, Anti Flag, and it was oh. it was it was perfect, <laughs> and it, it was and it was on uh, April twentieth. So uh, it was a it was an interesting show. I think I was sixteen. That was the first time I. Uh, I think that was the first time I ever actually had a few drinks before a show. Don't drink before you're 21, kids, but um, some of us did. <laughs> um, yes, don't and, and don't over drink at concerts before you're 21 because that yeah. was a constant. In, cause, and that, that it's like, oh, I can't get this, but I shouldn't be doing this, so I'm just going to chug this fifth of vodka before I go oh, into this heat-infused festival show and then puke that's, all over everybody. That's exactly what it was, although because it was uh, April 20th, uh, there was a lot uh -huh. of drunk people there. Um, which I, that was probably the most mellow punk show that I've ever seen. And I, I don't know why, um, but it was, and I uh, can't think of a reason, <laughs> no idea, but, uh, yeah, fell in love with street dogs on that one. Just having them like standing on people's hands while singing final transmission. Uh, beautiful, beautiful song. I, uh, I don't know if it was this warp tour or the next one, the next year, but when flogging Molly played. Neither mm -hmm. the street dogs or the dropkick Murphys were on that tour, but the current new singer of the dropkick Murphys and the street dogs guy really? did a, did a true, a triette <laughs> of, of, of a, of a flogging Molly song. And I thought that was really cool. That's um, great. <laughs> Cause I mean, street dogs are a Dorchester band, right? It's not like that yep. guy dropped, dropped out of the dropkick Murphys and went to, oh, LA. No. you know still, what I mean? <laughs> still fighting the same fight there. Um, but what I was going to say is the dropkick Murphys had this song called the gauntlet, yeah. which was on there. And yep. that, was also a very it had like a folky backdrop to it but it was a lot louder and faster punk song and yeah. they used to play these two songs back to back that, on the radio sounds, a lot that would fit so well together <laughs> oh it was awesome but anyways um so that's that's warning um warning. i highly recommend anyone listening to this to recheck it out or check it out for the first time especially if all you know of green day is american idiot this will be quite a culture shock for you but yeah. you'll also I think you'll also hear a lot of, like you said, the the foundation being laid for the band yeah. wanting to do more than just write catchy songs. Exactly. I mean, this is definitely like kind of the black sheep of the of the Green Day world, but um, it, it and it was, you know, as a whole, maybe not my taste, but um, yeah, of course, it, there's so many building blocks to it, and like there's still so many quality hits on here, but it definitely gives like that sense of here's what you're going to get in the future with green day. So it, it, it was a cool, it's a cool little time capsule for those who are interested in green day now and have heard the older stuff too, but want to hear like what happened in the middle. Right. And it's, and it's definitely not um, as well. Um, 
well-oiled of a success as American Idiot, right? This is definitely a, we'll throw this song at the wall and see if it sticks. Right. Kinda, kind of an album. But you, it, it, it reminds me kind of of um, Pinkerton. Yeah. Yep. It's got a lot of that uh, where they're just kind of, they, like, they didn't really care if it was a radio hit. They're just like, well, we're making music and we're already with a big label, so I guess it'll get on the radio. But um, we're not really trying to. Nice. Yeah. So I will let you introduce your pick because um, I, like you, was unaware that I actually had heard two or three of the songs off this album because <laughs> I didn't know the names of them. Right. So um, let's lead us in, good sir. Okay. So the album I picked was uh, Only Revolutions by uh, Scottish alternative rock band Biffy Clyro. So if you're unfamiliar with Biffy Clyro and if you're listening to this in America, there's a good chance you are not familiar with Biffy Clyro. They are um, this Scottish, um, I don't even know how to describe them. They're, they're alternative rock in the way that like Muse is alternative rock. They're big, epic, like, crazy songs like every album's a little bit different um they're it's a three-man band and they feel like an orchestra in terms of how big they play when they play and only revolutions is uh their 2009 album and it is easily my favorite and there's so much to it um it's just a it's a wild romp i found these guys because of a, a roadrunner records um compilation uh for their song their song mountain was on there and that blew me away and i had to find more so um and uh just fell in love with it and uh i got i got the lucky chance to see them uh a oh. couple, couple years ago at a little place called uh uh 20 21st century theater here uh, in Cincinnati, and I think there was maybe 150 people in the crowd, and they played just as they would for, you know, 40,000 people at Wembley Stadium, which they sell out. So that gives you the sense of, like, how big this band is in the UK versus here. So um, Right, and exactly. It, and they it should was be amazing. Here. They should be, but they're just, they're in that weird in-between where it's like, they, they can't really settle on a single genre and they don't really have one single sound. And I don't think like American radio knows what to do with them. Right. So my, my, uh, the, the thing I wrote that they reminded me of, and again, it's not exactly the same, but it's if, if Scotland had like a version of like a cross between Weezer and Jimmy Eat world. Yeah. A, you know they what they I mean? Got, they definitely got elements they have, of that they have kind of like that catchy pop punky thing to some of the songs that Jimmy world has, but they're experimental and weird yep. in the way Weezer is. And muse is a really good um, correlation, even though muse is more when they get weird, they go into more prog rock and metal. Yeah. Whereas these guys are definitely more their songs, even when they're loud and big, definitely lean more into like the poppy mm -hmm. um, approachable kind of um realm i think anyway this is the yeah. only album of theirs i've heard in its entirety mm -hmm. but because of your recommendation it is now i think the only thing i've listened to <laughs> since since you recommended it because every time i listen through it i have a new favorite song yeah which is really cool but my background with them because you said you know it's hard for people in the u.s to find them is we had a local radio station out of my hometown called yeah. wfnx and they were the, you know, alternative rock station 
um, in the Boston area. So Boston had, you know, WAAF, which is still around, and they had WBCN, which was like the metal and like rock like station. Yep. And this station took the leftovers. So they would play, they'd play the weird stuff. The in betweens. Yeah. And they had a show. Um, I forget what they called it, but it was one of their daytime DJs ran a show one night a week. And it was like a punk and like British invasion kind of show. And they would just try to introduce music from all around the world. Um, that show was the first time I ever heard Inspector, the uh, Mexican um, like big band, ska band, um, uh. And, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So um, I had heard, I don't remember, I believe it must have been Mountain. And we'll get into it. I think that was that. I know that was the first song of theirs I heard, but yeah. I think that's where I heard it. Um, and Sirius XM faction used to play um, Biffy yeah. Clyro all the time that yeah. they, their DJs loved them. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll, since this was your album to introduce, I'll let you go through your, your favorites first. Okay. Um, so mine, I, I think we both started off with, um, uh, with the captain as oh, one of God. the So the opening song starts with a sound of marching feet, and you get this sudden blast of horns and drums, and it makes me think of like this is a sound that like Scotland would go to war under. Like this is this this revolutionary song. It, I loved it. Yeah, it um this is everything that I want in like a in like a rock song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It because it because it, it, it that intro tells a story, and then I love the music video. Yeah, uh, the music <laughs> video is so cool. They have um, a few really great ones. Yeah, and it just it's it's one of those songs where you go, "How can anything on this album live up to this?" And and yet and yet here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Cool, man. Keep going. All right. Um. So next one that I put and. Honestly, this album I could put uh, probably two thirds of as favorites. Yep. But um, next one I picked was God and Satan, which is yeah. a, just a beautiful one um, of just it's, it's, it's you know, a, a lot of just a slower acoustic ballad. But it's got a lot of a lot of heart to it. Just, you know, he's singing. He talks to God and Satan because he wants to hear both sides. And it's it, it's like, wow, that's that's a that's a strong concept. <laughs> extremely especially on a on you know on you know a, an album right yeah you know, that that's it's a bold stance and a, a concept to bring up it reminds me of a frank turner song yeah and i don't mean that it sounds like any of his it's just it sounds like a song he would do like yeah. in his kind of like when he gets kind of quieter um Agreed. and i love that about it I, I thought a lot of, you know, it's funny because going back and listening to the whole album, one, I realized uh, how when I'm reading the lyrics, I'm like, wow, uh, those I forgot how strong those Scottish accents really are. Because some of the lyrics I'm reading, I'm like, these don't match up to what my brain was trying to figure <laughs> out at all. Um, but also just how they, I mean, they I, Green Day uh, really is pretty straightforward. Like you can get the the analogies, you can get the ideas that they're trying to speak. I struggled with uh, Biffy trying to figure out what they were saying in some of their songs. So, yep. oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, and then next song, I guess we could say we both definitely share is uh, Mountains, um, because just I don't even know how to describe it. I fell the in love with huge. this song. It is, it's massive. Like 
it's got this this big build through the verses and then that chorus hits and it just feels like you've got four you know you've got this wall of sound and you know this is a three-man band and when they play it live it still has that that blast that it hits you with and then i love the the bridge with the piano mixed into it um it's just love it everything about it, it. <laughs> and and it's it's one of those things where you think like i had to go and look up some live videos of them playing because Ugh. when you get a sound like that you start to wonder because it's like with muse right when i heard muse i go the majority yep. of this has to be a studio thing and then you watch them yep. perform live and you <laughs> Hundred percent. Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, and the live going, videos man. are live videos are great. If you ever see the the Wembley uh, Stadium, is uh, just every, every song from that is crazy. Um, That's the one I watched. Yep, <laughs> they, they they play the crowd so well. So you got the next one. Uh, you you picked uh, Shock Shock. Oh God, yeah. This song, um, this is actually my favorite song on the album and and yeah. my reasoning behind it again like god and satan is the best lyrical album a song on the album right there they no other song can really touch that from yeah. what it means but this song um it's it's just it's controlled chaos yeah the, the, the opening of the song starts really fast and like like math metal like calculated like stuff but the lyrics are like trying to battle it to slow down yeah. <laughs> and then and then you get to the chorus and they match and it's just it's such a cool song cuz it keeps you on it keeps you off guard. You know what I yeah. mean like you're just kind of like and it just it it catches me every time. Um it just how and then that when it like the the crippled by shock just it just it's just such a freaking great song. And um it 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 uplifts me. Like I like putting it on in the morning on the drive into work. <laughs> yeah I'm, i mean they're just like biffy is so great with uh just choruses and and things that you want to like scream as a group kind of thing too which i think makes their live show so much better too um yeah i i, I don't got much to say on shock shock it's just a great song it um, is and then the next one you picked was Many of Horror, which almost went on my list because that one is special to me because um, we had a per personal moment where just one day in between classes, we're just sitting on the grass in the middle of campus and I've got my computer with me and I just turn on some music and I turn on this song and my wife is just like, what is, what is this? And I told her and she's like, this is great. And we just sat there and it's a sad and beautiful song. Um, it, not exactly a romantic song, but uh, <laughs> but it's but it, it fit the moment. So, <laughs> but Agreed. I, I love this song. It's true, and and my my reasoning, you know, I I had a whole, I had a few others. Like um, bubbles popped up on my list a lot. Just yeah. I, I like the direction that song goes, and um, you can thank you know, but, thank Josh Homme for that. Yes, from, uh, Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, but um, I can't. I can't separate mountains, shock, shock, and many of horror. There's something about if you took those three songs and just squished them and said to somebody, this is Biffy Clyro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause they, they range from, like you said, meaningful, deep kind of romantic, but kind of horrifying lyrics and mountains just gives you like the big intro that, yeah. um, that the captain has, you know what I mean? But it, it, it just these three songs really talked to me 
from yeah. a musical standpoint. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, the, it really does give the the album layout is fantastic, and it does flow really well into it, and um, flowing right into the next one. So I like that we had uh, varied choices on this of like which ones were our favorite. So my my fourth pick was uh, the next song, which is "Boom, Blast and Ruin." Such um, a good song. <laughs> just it it's just it's. Uh, it's all over the place like that it's got that wild fury that i feel like they're some of their their older albums had where it's like it it, it's all over the place with like starting with the weird time signature stuff and then just having fun and it 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 just it was really good and again just that chorus comes in you've got like the chimes kind of go with it in the background to make it feel a little more magical um but yeah so those are those are our picks on that album. <laughs> now I had a couple of notes. Yeah. Um, can, were you aware of, of the band Soundgarden? I know you probably were, but yes, I, I, I really love their, their first album. And I could like cloud of stink comes on and oh. it's a good song, but it sounds just like my wave. You know, like when you're, when your brain knows melodies and you can't separate them, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head and I wanted it to be that song. I have to check that now to, to, to hear what you, what you said with it. What song, what song did you say? It sounds like my, my wave by Soundgarden. my wave. So now I have to hear that because I, uh, I mean, I, I love, uh, the, the intensity of cloud of stink. And that sounds like something that I could totally see, uh, Soundgarden having a sound like that. So now I have to find it. the choruses are completely different. It's the verses. It's the it's the exact and and they're both great songs. It just I couldn't help but hear it. And I wanted to know if you heard <laughs> the same thing. And then I I like the song Born on a Horse. It's it's all random. Oh, it's so weird. It's, it's like it turns from a Primus song into a Foo Fighters song in the middle yeah, of it. But but it has the line I've never had a lover who's my sister or my brother before. Yeah, and that that fucks my brain up. Because <laughs> like, I'm like, uh <laughs> like, is he saying he'd like that? I mean, go go go, you you weird Scottish dude. Yeah, <laughs> that that goes into the. I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I I guess I'm fine with it. <laughs> but I love I love I pronounce it aluminium because there's an I between the U and next to the U. I'm like, this is right. a this is wordplay. I love the wordplay in this song. Oh, he's he's a poet. Um, the, they're, they're wonderful. <laughs> huh. So yeah, the, that wow. felt good. I like this. I like this. This is cool. fun. We're, we're going to do this again. Yeah. I, I like this. So I, I was going to say, whoever wants to go first, I figured we'd each do our, our top five albums of the decade. This sure. is the next phase. And then after we both go through that, we can kind of quickly run through our runners up just to let the other person know, Hey, maybe if you haven't heard, cause our, our, our lists are very different here. Oh, very and, different. Um, and my, and my wife really happy. <laughs> my wife looked at mine and she's like, are you going with best albums of the decade or your favorite albums of the decade? I'm like my favorite. And she's like, that makes yeah. more sense. Cause these are, she's like, these are weird picks. I'm like, I know, but I love them. So no. And, and, and I will say your, your best ofs. I um I think the only one I haven't heard is Zeal and Ardor, but I'll yep. let you get to it. But the rest of them I agree are all freaking great albums. But I don't <laughs> know you're you're the guest, so I will let you start, good sir. 
Okay, so we'll just we'll go back and forth. I'll start with number five, and yeah. we'll just go back and forth. Okay, so my number five I picked um, is a weird choice, and I really debated on this uh, between this and Turnstile, but I went with Ninja Sex Party, their 2018 Cool Patrol album, um, because I really felt that this was the most cohesive um, exactly what Ninja Sex Party was going for. And if you don't know them, um, they're a comedy duo, um, Danny, Danny Sexbang and Ninja Brian. Danny is also on the Game Grumps on YouTube. And, uh, <laughs> they, and he, they've been around for 10 years now. And like, thanks to Game Grumps, like they've blown up in terms of popularity and it's really done great for them. And I thought the production on this was exactly what it needed to be. Like, it felt like, it felt like if they were if they wanted to be like a you know a glam rock band from the '80s, but also silly and fun. You know, it it was it was exactly what they wanted to make, and I love. I thought every song on it was great. I loved especially like "Courtship of the Mermaid" and "Cool Patrol," and then their actually kind of touching song "Danny, Don't You Know," which they played on Conan, uh, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, so oh, yeah, "Cool Patrol." By Ninja Sex Party, number five. <laughs> it, the, by seeing this on your list, I had to go out and buy it because I didn't own anything <laughs> by them. And I love them so much. Oh, and their music videos. <laughs> such classics. Watch, watch their music videos. They're special. Yeah. It's the best way to describe their videos. Oh, absolutely. It is wonderful, insane chaos, and I love it. <laughs> so your number five is a great pick. Yes. So I, I tried as hard. So, so I'm, I'm a very easy pick making it. I, if I made a top five albums of the year and, and I wasn't trying to be varied, I would yeah. just, it would be, it would be all Scott punk albums because that's my weird thing that I'm into all the time. And Nothing it's never stopped that. and it's never stopped since I was like 12. But um, I, I have two albums like that on here, but I feel they are two of the very best um, examples of that genre and two of the very best albums of the last 10 years, in my opinion. Yeah. And the fifth is the interrupters fight the good fight. Oh. Um, this band amazes me when I heard them the first time on faction, I thought it was an old band right. that, um, that they just found and were playing. And I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. A, a, a girl ska band I've never heard before. I got to like eat up. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, the interrupters, they've, they've only been around three years. They're actually opening for green day on their yep. current tour. How yep. nuts is that? That massive stadium tour. There's going to be stadiums listening to ska. <laughs> not, not just ska, but like, I mean, her, her vocal styling. Cause she's, she's, protege of um of tim armstrong and which is exactly what it sounds like <laughs> is very old rancid and i think he writes a lot of their songs and you you can absolutely tell and i love also how varied even though they are going for that old like operation ivy like ska yeah. punk sound their songs are very varied it's not like um, some of my favorite bands could be criticized of you listen to the album and every song is the same yeah um they not they they go from like you know a really loud like hard-hitting like ska punk song into mm -hmm. like old-fashioned reggae into just a straight-up great punk rock song oh yeah um, and it, it's awesome how they're able to jump between that and so for that you know i think 
if 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 people like old no doubt <laughs> and you've yeah. never heard the interrupters right, so your turn sir okay so number four so number four is the one you haven't heard of so zeal and ardor um i i know i mentioned them on our first podcast together so um i picked their first album um devil is fine um uh, this is the band who is like um almost a mix of black metal and like um like uh like slave spirituals like yes yes um, no no you know what I, I just forgot the name. You're right. You yep. sent me a playlist to these guys. They are awesome. Yeah, and and I picked I picked uh, their first album. They released uh, 2018. They released Stranger Fruit, which I think is um, quantitatively a better album. But Devil Is Fine caught me so much with a few a few of the songs like just really stuck with me, especially um, uh, Devil Is Fine uh, being the the self titled song. I thought just really. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so dark and heavy and terrifying. Like the songs scared me a little because they're just so, it's such a frightening concept, the whole album. Cause basically the idea is, uh, what if, you know, when you hear like, like slave spiritual songs about like Jesus and saviors and like old Testament kind of things. And the idea of what if slaves did not latch on to, Christianity like their like their masters wanted to but instead embraced Satan and it's like wow what a concept <laughs> um I just I just thought this album was phenomenal and was a great start to a great band so that's, yeah I know uh, I, I, now that now that you reminded me um that playlist you sent that had their stuff on it was haunting yeah <laughs> they're very good at that all right, so, so let's hear I'm, at, I'm having a I'm having a hard time switching between now Skype and looking at my list, but I, <laughs> I know what my next two are, so I might I just need some help out. reminding me of what yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm afraid to go back now. <laughs> no, you're fine. I can help um, you out. I got the thing pulled up. So next one is an album that is on both of our lists. Yeah. Um, and mine, mine, I had in no particular order, and this was not planned, folks. But I, you can't talk about the 2010s without talking about Ghost. No, um, and, and certainly, uh, and certainly, uh, uh, Loudwire and all those can't go without talking about Ghost either. <laughs> yes, and uh, I'm glad we picked album. the same album too. So, oh, it's just—I I mean, it had to be the album with Year Zero on it. Yeah, uh, Year Zero is just—if—if if you wanted to explain to someone what Ghost was, and you also wanted to explain to someone that doesn't know how serious or not serious Ghost takes themselves. Yeah, <laughs> because some of the songs are very tongue in cheek. And when you see them perform them, it's like very flamboyant and like, obviously, you know, it's like an Iron Maiden thing of like, yeah. we're just fucking with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but this one, because it's got the chanting yeah, and like it, it sounds like you're being invited into an evil prayer service. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it, it's just such a good song and a great album start to finish. Yeah. Um, I agree. And the finish, especially, I love Monstrance Clock. That's one of my favorite yes. songs of all time. So good. Um, yeah, but the, I, I'm glad we picked this together because, I mean, their, their newest releases are really good. And uh, their first album was fantastic, too. But I just thought this one worked really well because it showed, like, the darker side and some of the lighter stuff with, like, uh, Gigolo and Zombie Queen and uh, just even and the creepiness of like Secular Haze. There were just a lot oh. of songs that worked so well on this album. 
it, it's just it, it's it's amazing that a new metal band can come out yep. that doesn't sound like they're ripping off anybody else's shtick. Yeah. Or what if I mean? they are, it's like, you know, ripping off stuff from like 40 years ago. So what's old is new. <laughs> right. You, you know what I mean? And and like, I, I like that because I had heard of them. Um, God, I don't even know what the first song I heard by them was, but I, I remember seeing the music video for Square Hammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love everything about this band and I need to hear all of it. It's yep. just it, it's it's just that that aesthetic is so, so perfectly them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I love the idea of the changing singer, even though it's the same guy, but like he has a new story and it's yeah. a different guy, every album. And it's, there's a whole mythos and a backstory to it yeah. all. And It's a fun concept. And, uh, also I love this album because I have it signed by the band, uh, in vinyl oh, and it's yeah. beautiful. Um, then it was the longest line I've ever waited in for a signature. And the reason why is because, uh, Papa Emeritus is so friendly. Like you go up and he's like, what is your name, son? Did you enjoy the show? I hope you had fun. And then the rest of the band all had stamps for their symbols. So they, they all go by nameless ghouls, but they had stamps for the, the uh, alchemy symbols that they use. So each of them signed that way. So it's a really cool album. Um, the, other, yeah. the other thing that amazes me about Ghost is that they're just great musicians. Like, yeah. Um, the, the guy who, you know, I, 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 I'm bummed that people had to out who he was, so I'm not going to say yeah. the singer's actual name, but he's just got a great voice yeah. for this well, kind of music. He's, he's embraced it now. Like it's official, it's all over the place and, and he's, he's accepted it now, but it, you know, it, but it is cool how mis for like, you know, almost like almost three albums, like we really yeah. could not confirm who the band was. So and I and I love seeing them perform like acoustic stripped down and go, they're just great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's I not mean, just Tobias a show. Hires good musicians. I'll say that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your, your next pick. Good, sir. My next pick. So I'm glad that you knew who these guys were, but um, Mass Intruder and I went with their self-titled first album. Uh, Mass Intruder, for those who don't know, is basically if you took pop punk and stretched it over like 1950s, like doo-wop love songs. Um, and, uh, but also made it themed around uh, um, um, criminal activity and kind of stalking. <laughs> That's crazy. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've only heard, I've never heard a whole album by them. So I'm going to have to go and check this one out, but it's, yeah, they're an odd mix. They're, you know, they got those like just two minute bursts of just like they, they're wonderfully comedic and also just like just lots of fun. And their live show is great. Um, it's um, um, they're they're so much fun and their personalities are all like they're they all wear uh, different like ski masks with different colors and go by their color name. Um, and uh, and that's. And that's and they refer to themselves like that. And they also have their manager who is like their hype man on stage dressed up, uh, Officer Bradford. And he goes out in the crowd and like first half of the show messes with people like like, you know, trying to be like the mean police officer. And the second half, he's usually shirtless and dancing and singing in the crowd. <laughs> so fun times all around. Nice. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but then uh, so let we'll go ahead and move to your number three. Um, Which you I know could, I know what it is. You don't have yep. to tell me. <laughs> um, I put I put Iron Maiden's um, mid two thousand ten yep. release um, Book of Souls, and I just just this past year got to see Iron Maiden for the first time. Yeah, and. I, I was amazed to find out that the tour that I went and saw, um, they, they switch off. They do If they do a tour, they do a greatest hits kind of thing, and then they'll play their new album. And yep. so a lot of people were like kind of bummed out by the Book of Souls tour because that album is a deep, long, it's not, you know, like, I, I, I like how 80s metal, a lot of like the earlier songs, they had a big, like, especially with bands like, um, bands like, I'm going to forget the names now. Um, yeah, my brain's just going to shut off. But other other bands from the 80s that had kind of like a metal by way of punk rock kind of sound. Yeah. Kind of like Black Black Flag and bands like that and, and the Misfits where, you know, you could almost see the correlation. A lot of early Iron Maiden songs had that. This is a two and a half minute long, like, cruncher. You know what right. I mean? But but Book of Souls are all like eight minute, nine minute long, like oh yeah, Metallica they, length songs. They turned into storytellers, you know, and, that, and then you got like old ones like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and things like that, where they're yeah. just we're gonna tell you a tale in one song. So and and Book of Souls, it's a lot of album to take. It's definitely yeah. not a sit down and listen to for fun, but <laughs> for a, for an old guard band to put out an album of that high quality and be, and be self, you know, they're self-managed still, you know, yep. is, is unbelievable. And it, it had to end up on this list cause it's just so good. Um, not, not for everyone, that. not for everyone, but, <laughs> but so for good. almost every metal play every, almost every metal, like best of the decade list had this in like the top 10 or top 20. So yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, Yeah. Fantastic choice. Um, so my number two, I went a little off the grid with a hip hop album because it's by my favorite rapper, uh, Aesop Rock, by his his uh, 2016 The Impossible Kid album. Um, nice. And uh, it Aesop is just he's he's the most intricate rapper you can find. He's got the highest vocabulary of any rapper, provably so. Have you ever seen that list of the the rapper um, uh, uh, word count list? Yes, yes, I've I've seen those where they put um they put rappers up against each other with word count. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Aesop was like uh, like a couple hundred words higher than even like Moby Dick and uh, and stuff like that. And he was like, <laughs> I think that. The next behind him was like some of the Wu Tang members. Uh, although they did just recently update and they added Bus Driver was a close second, who absolutely deserves that spot. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, the Impossible Kid is a, uh, I just thought a great uh, return to form for him because it was just a really good storytelling album, a really great like in depth like he he kind of he kind of turned it in on himself, like um, doing songs like. Um, blood sandwich talking about his childhood and I, the the story in that one is great like especially hearing his older brother who got into a fight because he wanted to go to a ministry show and his parents told him no i'm like what a concept like a rapper talking about ministry on their album and then whoa right <laughs> and then songs like uh shrunk like talking about going to therapy and his therapy leading into buying a cat named kirby and uh, 
the music video for that with him as a puppet is great. Um, but I've this seen whole, that one. The whole album. Oh my god! Great. Oh, and Kirby is great too. There's no swears, so kids can listen to it too and enjoy the adorable cat. <laughs> yeah, um, just great album all around. Um, I think way underrated. Yeah, it, I completely agree. My uh, my number two um, is "The Hands That Thieve" by yep. Streetlight Manifesto. Um, you know, same with the interrupters, but Streetlight Manifesto have a very unique, um, sound for a ska punk band kind of, they fall into the less than Jake category where they kind of created their own thing out of, out of a sound. Um, you know, it started with catch 22, um, no one sounds like guys, but the hands that thieve needed to be on this list because it destroyed this band. Mm-hmm. And they and they lived through it and yeah. continued continue to be. Um, it the title is directed at their management who yep. stole all of their music. And, old uh, Victory Records, yeah, and wouldn't let them own it. And you know, um, hearing this album performed live is haunting because <laughs> kind of like Iron Maiden's Book of Souls. These are five to six minute long ska punk songs that all tell stories and they're yep. all they're all about people screwing each other over. Yeah. And um, it's just an incredible album start to finish. There isn't a bad song on it. Um, and there isn't there isn't a band like these guys. So if yeah. you if you're looking for something unique, um, the Hands of Thieves Streetlight Manifesto is, is a great album. It's dark. It's not as. I mean, all of their albums kind of are right. Like, they, yeah. there's never, there's not really a streetlight song that isn't like, oh, I should, I should be thinking now. There's shouldn't definitely I? a different feel to this album than to the other ones. Even though they they play with a lot of different themes and stuff, there there is definitely a different tone to this album than to their previous ones. Um, and this I, album, this album seems like militarized. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, uh, Streetlight, always good, no matter what. Um, and then we can kind of skim over my number one because I already talked at in length. Um, I put Ghosts, uh, Infe- Infestissimum, and, uh, and we already spoke of the wonders of Ghosts. So, uh, let's hear your number one. Do you need to be reminded? Yeah, which I, I just don't have it in front of me. So, I don't so what I put you down. picked, which shocked me because I guess I wouldn't have thought of it, but Slipknot's We Are Not Your Kind. Yeah. Oh, so, so a backstory on me. So Slipknot was my buddy in high school's favorite band. Yeah. And he was not your standard Slipknot fan. And I I don't mean to put anybody down, but he didn't, he, he didn't look like the kids that were way into Slipknot. Um, (laughs) They did have a look. You know what I mean? And and, and again, I've, I've, Oh yeah, me too. And I've I've always really liked Slipknot. I've I've always really liked them because there's an undertone of even in their early early stuff where you listen and go, "Oh shit." Like these guys know what they're doing. This oh, isn't yeah. like this isn't just anger and chaos for no good reason like they were kind of written off as um mm-hmm. there's definitely knockoffs that are anger and chaos for no reason. But Slip Slipknot had a rough way of it. Um, I know that for the for Iowa and um, the Subliminal tapes in particular, they they kind of have a Led Zeppelin re- remembrance of those albums where we were so drunk and screwed up we don't even remember recording them. <laughs> and um, 
and there was turmoil within the band and a member died and another yep. one's buddy committed suicide. It's just a sad story. So to yeah. hear, to hear the last few albums, they've been great, but it's, you know, a very, this is a produced version of Slipknot. Yeah. This, this album, it just, it is just amazing that this thing came out in 2019. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just, it is, it is so wholly them and yet so wholly grown up and looking forward and different. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's just, it's a Slipknot album beginning to end, but one of the best metal and, and it might just be because it's so fresh in my mind, but I can't think of anything that impressed me more out of a band that kind of, you know, for a band like them to be called sellouts is a weird thing anyway, when you think about it, because they're, they're so <laughs> the epitome of the, the opposite of that just by yeah. design. Yeah. But, um, and, and I think Corey Taylor is just a really interesting guy to listen to anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and so just to hear them put out something that's so, um, just so not like a commercial album, but have it be so, openly accepted is a really cool thing when i think back to the way slipknot was looked at when they first came out is like a you know these are the th these are the reason kids shoot up their school you know what yeah. i mean was kind of and that's not really it it's an it's an expression of of anger and feeling and feeling lost and different in a way that you know get looked over by bands that just aren't good at it you know yep. what i mean and these guys are really good at it <laughs> and um it, it, was, it just impressed the hell out of me um they've, i don't they've know if continued you've been to, to it um i did and i thought there was a lot of good to it and um i mean slipknot has i think just found found their way back to a sound they wanted to do and i yeah. do think they're doing a really good job with it yeah and again it's it's i i wouldn't even say it's not like an album that i put on a lot yeah, you know, it just it impressed me because it, it's more like I admire it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I admire the fact that they're still doing their thing, and that they're still making really good stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and that their their videos even have grown up, even though they have that you know, like kind yeah. of like call to arms, like militia kind of thing with the with the kids going on in all their videos. It's yeah. it's kind of like with Ghost, where it's they're trying to talk to a specific thing yeah but not but also kind of be tongue-in-cheek about the fact that this is a show yeah you know what i mean and um uh it, it just it impresses me yeah. I, I like it 100 percent um yeah all right so there there's our five for the decade um i you want we want to just throw out our runners up real quick yeah run run through yours and then you can even read mine if you want because i don't sure. have in front of me <laughs> sure, sure. So um, I could, I, I had to narrow this down a lot, but um, I threw on stuff like Deaf Heavens, Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. Um, people love Sunbather a lot, but I really liked this one best. Um, Purple by Baroness, Diamond Eyes by Deftones, a fantastic return oh. to form. Um, oh, that was their, speaking, their, yeah. their comeback album. Speaking um, of bands that like just blow you away after not doing much for a while. God, wow. Deaf. Deftones have not made a bad album since they've returned. I don't I think agree. they've made a bad album ever, honestly. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, David Comes to Life by Fucked Up, which is a hardcore punk rock opera, and it it's great. Um, 
Vessel uh, by 21 Pilots. Um, Joy as an Act of Resistance by Idols, which is a great UK punk band that's coming up now. They are so behind, um, you know, male uh, empowerment of to be emotional, to be accepting, to not just be the stereotype. They're like, come out in a pink in a pink button-down shirt and scream at the top of your lungs because people are stupid, and it's great. Um, Rogue Taxidermy by Days and Days, Megalithic Symphony by AWOL Nation, and then what would have been my number six album, Time and Space by Turnstile. Um, oh, yeah. One of, the, one of the best hardcore albums ever. So, um, And then uh, your list. And, and I love seeing AWOL Nation on your list because it, it, I had forgotten that that so album came out this decade. Yep. Like I thought it was just an older album for some reason. They, they, they just came out swinging with that album. And I kind of wish they would have kept to that kind of intensity that they had because uh, it's they've, they've kind of popified a little bit. But, I mean, they're still great. So um, an interesting quick story about AWOL Nation. So yeah. I heard um, Sail by yeah. AWOL Nation right, on the yeah. radio. And I went, I know this singer from somewhere. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And I couldn't. It was a band called Wow. And I'm now, gonna now find, my brain's. I'm gonna find no, it because I remember. There's a couple uh, of them actually. Yeah. He was, was it he was hometown hero or hometown hero? Hometown yeah. hero. I saw hometown hero play at Lollapalooza. Yeah. They were on a side stage, and I was blown away by how, because they were very generic, and I don't mean yeah. that in a negative way. No, no, they were just a post-grunge alternative band. Right, but also were damn good at it. And when yeah. I heard that sale thing, and I'm like. That's the guy from Hometown Hero. Bruno. I have a signed album from Hometown Hero. And I have Megalithic Symphony signed by AWOL Nation. <laughs> That's so cool. But I think but anyway, yours might be worth more just in the future. <laughs> yeah, I have a signed Hometown Hero album. It's like, because I heard him and I'm like, this sounds very generic and yet I love it. <laughs> oh, Eric, I mean, Bruno, he 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 really, he, he is a front man, 100%. Now, have you heard that? I think Hometown Hero only had one album. Have, have I did go. It? I did go back and listen to them actually when I found AWOL Nation initially, and I I like their sounds. But there's a I couple think, of just great songs on that yeah, album. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go. Thank you. And I'm sorry to make you do this, guest, but go ahead. Re read no, my list. Good. So your runner-ups, <laughs> you've got uh, Home by Off with Their Heads. Have you um, ever heard them before? Oh yeah, seen them. Uh, okay. Just saw them at Riot Fest last year. Oh, you Fantastic. lucky bastard! Oh yeah, so good. Uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me, amazing uh. album. So I mean, so deep. I mean, t the the tale of someone you know going through the process of uh, like uh, finding their their gender and all that. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a great. That whole album is great. Um, After hearing that album and and you know seeing what. Yeah, the singer went through yeah. going back and listening to everything that came. Oh, before, I know it. You just hear it all. You're like, oh, my God, this this yep. this woman hurt. She yep. just hurt so bad through I mean, all of this. It's like your brother's analysis of the Matrix. Like, it, oh. you really see it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, then you've got for all, uh, for all Kings by anthrax, uh, anthrax, oh. great return, uh, in this past decade, having Joey come back singing great, great stuff. Um, to such be... an incredible <laughs> album. Oh yeah. my God. 
uh man both both of their uh releases in this past decade were really good yep um and then you've got uh uh to be everywhere is to be nowhere by thrice um that's that's a band i know people love and i just i need to sit down and really get more into them um you need to get into early thrice the the problem the The problem of getting into thrice now is it's like if the um the first Iron Maiden album you heard was Book of Souls. Right. Well, I, I, I knew a few songs. Like, I know, like, Image of the Invisible and some stuff like that. But, like... Oh, you got to go earlier. Oh, okay. Um, but I, you, you I need- think we did see them live recently. And their their stuff is definitely a lot different. Even you got to you, you gotta listen to Identity Crisis. Okay. Uh, this, that's Identity Crisis is one of their first songs and one of their first albums. Yep. Uh, Phoenix Ignition, To Awaken, Avenge the Dead, and Deadbolt. Those right. four songs, because their their oh, early sound, Deadbolt. yes, their early sound was very like screamo post hardcore, like yeah. And they they've merged into what I didn't realize until um, you got to um, the album, um, the artist in the ambulance, is that they're a very 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 heavily religious band. And I didn't get that from their early stuff. And mm. not that that's something that's a turnoff or or anything for me. It's just when I heard them the first time I was in Catholic school and it didn't click. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm, I got to that album and I listened to it and I went, holy crap, they're ah, a Christian band. And, there and you then go. I heard and then I heard Dustin Kentrew's solo act and that it's just him. And he said it's like a Johnny Cash kind of like, um, yeah. you would not expect this from the guy from Thrice. But the album is all so heavily that, and I'm like, wow, I just didn't. It's like the first time I realized MXPX was a was a Christian band, and I was like, huh, I just huh. didn't expect this. <laughs> okay, that's but pretty no, awesome. Thri- that's one of thri- that's either Thrice's newest album or one of their newest, and it yeah. just it 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 just it's awesome, start yeah. to finish. Cool, I yeah. That's one I got to dig into. And then one that I, I am fairly familiar with that I'm glad you picked. Uh, See the Light by Less Than Jake. Um, Woo! <laughs> can't go wrong. Um, and Eminem's Recovery. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's had a weird he's had a weird last decade. And, uh, but there's a lot of quality on this. And I think this, this must have been the year that we saw him, uh, we went to Lollapalooza to see Eminem. And I think it was 2010, like right after this, because I remember him playing Won't Back Down and Not Afraid and yeah. all those ones. So this was a, it was, it was a wild album. So um, it, it's the closest thing of his to, um, this is going to sound weird, to yeah. a feel good album. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't, and I don't mean that to put down anything else he's done. No. It's just, even the name I mean, of the album, it, yeah. it says exactly what it is. It's, it's his re- it's all, recovery. There's obviously deeper, darker stuff and better mm-hmm. songs that he's done. But I love a pop version of Eminem yeah. because the album still spits freaking Venom. Oh, you absolutely. Know what I mean? absolutely. And it has, it has, in my opinion, the greatest line he has ever written which was, I want to treat this roof like my daughter and raise it. You couldn't <laughs> lift a single shingle on it. Oh. Is one of the best clean rap put downs I've ever heard. 
Yeah. And it just, it shook me to my core when I heard it. Like, cause a, f- a friend of mine on the way to warp tour, actually my cousin yeah. goes, have you heard Eminem's new album? And I'm like, this is a weird conversation to be having on the way to warp tour. Okay. <laughs> um, but she goes, let me put it on. And she played it. And it just, it, it just, it's like, this is cutting me deep, even though it's very approachable. Yeah. And, and I like that that's kind of his newer direction he's been taking himself in. Cause he's, he's a troubled, strange individual. And, um, to see him still around and this is how he's doing it, um, was really cool. I agree. It, it was a, it was a great, it was a, it was a great, uh, just piece of his history. Yeah. And I got to see Pink perform her duet from this album with him. Oh. Um, Pink, Pink is the one of the best yeah. live shows I've ever seen. I don't she's, know. If you... She's one of the few pop artists that's on my list of must sees. You got to. You got to. <laughs> and she had a thirty to forty foot tall inflatable Eminem puppet come out on stage, <laughs> and she Dragon Ball Z leapt into the air and had an in air fist fight with it over the crowd, and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> She's she's got that wonderful punk rock attitude for a pop star, and she it's does. Really nice. <laughs> um, t- so that's that's our albums. So hooray. yeah, we actually we actually didn't go too over long with that either. I'm, I'm no. impressed. I I mean I'm sure we could have gone longer, but I think we did a good job. <laughs> so Mark Mark, what do you think about about this experiment? I think this was fun. I think uh, I. I think I I think I'd like to try it again and to do I feel like this one I just picked an album that was like uh just something that I wanted more people to hear. Maybe next yep. time we try to do something a little more of uh more of a theme to them to cool. to balance out, but uh I I like the idea. So Well I'm then I will say, I will say to you for the next one because we will do this again. Why don't you think deep on on that theme and okay. pitch it? That way, um, you know, just because I, I led with the album choice this time. And so, uh, you know, and we can try to theme it. Yeah, so there's more common over overlap between the two. Sounds good. Cool, um, man. Well, thank you, Mark. Um, t- tell people what, what what you're doing right now, man. You got your channel yeah, back up. So I do. Hooray. Um, yeah, so I have a, a YouTube channel called Walk With Me Gaming. I just hit 10 subscribers. I have double digits now. Hooray. I'm one um, of them. Yay. Um, but a, a bit, uh, I, I finally uh, just broke down and bought an actual program. I found out what was wrong was that when I was trying to record, the, the, the program itself was recording fine, but the program used for like splitting the audio did not work on my computer anymore. So I could not find a way to work around that. So I just gave in and got a whole new program. It's been working fantastic. Um, it's a, a, a I show you instance for those who want to to have something that works pretty well and it's a one time buy no no any of that so that's why I liked it but anyway so I've gotten back to recording stuff um, I also got a GameCube emulator so I can actually record a few GameCube games so I've got a new schedule um, that I'm doing where I uh, I want to do four videos a week. Um, which sounds insane to me, but there's so many games that I want to play. So on um, uh, uh, Tuesdays, I want to do uh, more smaller indie games. Uh, right now, I'm doing To the Moon, which is a beautiful story about uh, uh, just a loving couple uh, dealing with uh, the struggles of one of them having uh, having autism and 
Um, it's it's a deep, beautiful story. Um, so that one's worth a watch. Um, and then uh, my big games, which I'm going to play on Thursdays right now, is uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Um, to, yeah, <laughs> big throwback there. Um, and then Saturdays, I've started. Um, there's there's a company called Sock Pop Studios, and they are doing a. Um, I just subscribed to their Patreon uh, for three dollars a month because they are making one game every two weeks. And what? yeah, it's crazy. It's like four guys, and they're making a game every two weeks. Um, they've already released like forty games. And so I'm gonna play uh, one of their games every every Saturday. Um, they're they're all like super short. They're all you know just kind of like one thing at a time kind of games. But I just think it's a great concept, and I want more attention on that because um, yeah, a game every two weeks is intense. Um, so I'm so I'm gonna be doing that. Um, and then Sundays are my Stardew Valley day. So just to let me play my silly little farming simulator. Um, no, but dude, your stuff is great. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I've, I've been having fun with it. It's just like you with the podcast. It's just a fun outlet. Like I could do this if no one's watching, uh, but I do appreciate people watching. So uh, if you want to give, if anyone wants to check it out, it's called Walk With Me Gaming. And um, uh, I wish I wish we had more time, but unfortunately it's my anniversary today and I have to get ready for uh, for a nice dinner with my wife. Um, I would have loved to talk about everything um, with like music festivals coming up and all this stuff and Rage Against the Machine announcing a full tour and Deftones announcing tours. And there's so many things to talk about. I just don't have the time. So we'll we'll table that for another one. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mark, for coming back on, especially today and giving me time. And sorry, we had to reschedule this one for today, but I appreciate awesome. it. No problem, sir. Happy to do it. So thank you for shooting the shit with Chippa and thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.